How do people who have lost themselves, I mean, those who are really tired of living a life that the world has told them they should be living, finally start to find their own voice and live authentically? They listen in and take action towards discovering who they are originally, tuning in and following their true North Star to the life that they've always known has been calling them. It's your girl, Rafiat. But we're friends now, so you can call me Fifi or Rafi. That's cool. And welcome to FYFM. Follow your first mind podcast. And if you felt that way, then this podcast is for you. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Follow Your First Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Rafi, and I'm so excited to be here with Edie. Oh my gosh, she's an intuitive life coach. Uh, she does way more than life coach. She's more about wellness and meditation. I'm super excited to see how she kind of combines the world of body, mind, and spirit, um, which I find very interesting through how it kind of went through your story, but I'll let you touch into that a little bit. Um, so right now, Edie, can you introduce yourself to the folks? Sure. So my name is Edie Gaditis. I'm a yoga meditation instructor and mindfulness coach. The focus of my work is employee wellness, uh, working with organizations and teams to help reduce burnout and prevent stress in the workplace. And I do that through sharing different practices related to mindfulness, yoga, and meditation um, that help to cultivate more awareness, cultivate more compassion, and help to really soothe the nervous system so that we can be more in that place of creativity and flow versus overwhelm and like shutting down. Um, And I work with individuals as well. So I do do like series sorts of programming with yoga and meditation. I do do one-on-one. That's kind of the scope of what my business looks like right now. So I'm really excited to be here as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to talk about intuition because that's how we met through an event where we talked about intuition. Exactly. Um, so, you know, everything is in alignment. And so for <laughs> you, Edie, what does your intuition look like or feel like? So my intuition, it really comes from my heart space. Mm. Um, I find for me connecting back with my heart space uh, really is that guiding force. And I find I can ask my body questions and it'll give me signals of like leaning forward or leaning back if it's really into what what I'm doing, if I'm into alignment. And when I am in like the heart coherency, as Joe Spenza says, um, it feels like I'm on a high, like everything's just vibrating and I have so much energy and things just really flow into place. And so my intuition is this little it's kind of this little voice, but it's also a feeling within my body of this deeper knowing that's like this forward movement. It's like a really gentle push where I like feel I'm going in the right direction. And then it will also be that signal of like, when I know something's off, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, it's a different sensation where I have this feeling to like kind of pull back or like move away. So it's, Mm -hmm. for me, it's very sensation based and it's usually in the heart space. If not, um, actually, to be to be honest, with with more of like the warning signals of the intuition, it's more in my gut. But mm. when it's more of like you need to do this, and it's more in my heart. So that's that's where I find that's a it. Good distinction. Uh, yeah. How did you come into? Yeah. I gotta ask about that. How did you come into recognizing the difference between okay, yes, follow your heart, or hold on a second, we need to pause here. 
Yeah. Um, oh, geez. That's a tough question. It, it honestly, it took a, a few experiences, but looking back, um, my stomach was the indicator. Like if my stomach turned and I all of a sudden had severe stomach pain or got really sick, that was usually an indicator that if I was in a high stress situation, that that was not good and that I needed to leave. And I got like this weird sense that like something is off or I'm not meant to be doing this. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. alignment with me. Um, and so that was like early days of like childhood and high school. And then as I started to mature a bit more and like when I moved away to university and got into like the real work world or whatever you call it, um, I noticed it was, yeah, I noticed it was kind of this like pulling back, but it was for me, it was largely related, related to the gut. Like it was, it was pretty intense and it was very like in my face. Like it was something that was hard to ignore. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to like pivot or not go over here. And like, I was actually in a really really uncomfortable situation um, with my sister and two friends in Mexico a couple of years ago. And we were staying at a really beautiful place, but there was someone that like arrived at the space, like a guest. And I just got this vibe and I was like, no, this person isn't who they say they are. This is weird. And it turned out to be a really, really not good thing and like we ended up getting them removed from the premise like two nights later because it turned into like a very domestic situation that was very messed up but as soon as I met him I was like I'm getting all of the goosebumps Mm. all of the vibes that are like nope within like two seconds and so that was that was for me a big end here and then my stomach went as well and I was like okay body I'm trying (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to catch up here (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah it's interesting and then like when when it's like more in the alignment, it's like, I feel more at peace. So even mm-hmm. if a situation is unfamiliar and like uncomfortable, cause I'm mm-hmm. pushing beyond that limit, yes. there's still that deeper knowing that like, it's okay. We can keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Trust the process. Like it's fine. And so you feel a bit more held. Yes. Um, Ooh, so. I love that word. You felt a little bit more held. I think that girl, I love that because it's kind of hard to explain walking in peace, but that's what it is. You do feel held. It's like, it's okay. Whatever is happening, it will be okay. You yeah. have that like settling that'll be okay. So I love that you said that, but whoa, what an experience. What that made me think about is really how powerful or energetic, I guess, field it is. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. I'm really coming to understand really, it is a six feet distance. It really is. And so your body was so in tune at that moment. Okay. This person's energies is just not the business um so I'm glad that you were there one (laughs) um it's hard to tap into that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's and I recognize that too with like different places where I was working Mm -hmm. um that was like a big indicator for me to exit certain scenarios Mm -hmm. where I was like nope no conflict of lots of things so it's, it's helpful to be aware of it, but I have to say it's tricky because like you can go to the grocery store and you don't necessarily tap into everyone's energy and then you leave and you're like, I feel really off now, or I feel really whatever. And then you're like, okay, I just need to like reground myself. And it's like, as we become more in tune to our energy, we, we start to recognize when we feel depleted or out of balance or whatever, which is great, but it's yes. like, we had to really practice the self-care and like energetic shield so yes. to speak yes I'm starting to really understand that you we have to be more mindful and like we can pick up even virtually we can pick up the energy that the other person is kind of putting off and so um I love that you said that you just took the time to know to like okay I'm feeling off and I'm just going to ground myself um what are some of the ways that you ground yourself for folks who are listening yeah so some of my favorite practices super simple 
even just sitting in a chair, like just putting the feet on the ground and really feeling between the space of your toes and your heels and finding that middle ground. And I love to close my eyes and just take a few deep breaths with my hands on my thighs or hand on heart and low belly and just connect back with my body. And I find after three deep breaths that I'm able to soften the shoulders and soften my hips and like really feel the grounding energy. Um, So that's, that's one of my main ways. Um, If I'm near nature, then going like for a walk into the forest or by the water. And then again, if there's space within those places, I'll often just stop with like both feet firmly planted and I'll just stand with heart on chest and Mm -hmm. low belly and again, close my eyes or just take in everything around me, but take a few conscious breaths. And I find that really, really powerful. Yeah, I love that. I noticed I kind of did that too, but I didn't do it so intentionally. I kind of fell in love with the forest and um, I think I always loved it. But since this journey of mine, I've been realizing like this is my space to reconnect with myself. Um, And I find that just taking that moment to stop and like look at like a leaf or just the way the bark goes up the tree, it really helps you to come back to yourself, just to be present yeah. And that's, that's like the piece of mindfulness, like mindfulness is the practice of cultivating awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and meditation is the practice of like waking up. So okay. meditation is like a focused practice where med- mm-hmm. mindfulness, you can literally be mindful, like having a cup of coffee. It's just really mm-hmm. connecting with the sensory experience in that moment. So I find Like when I'm feeling really out of balance or really rushed, just taking a moment to be like, okay, chill. What are three things I can see, three things I can hear, three things I can touch. Mm -hmm. And like in that moment, it regrounds me as well. And Mm -hmm. so, and it it helps me recognize like, what is the space that I'm in? Because mindfulness is like, yes, what's going on in the personal, but then how, how does it relate to the environment around you? Because we're not just all sitting on cushions meditating all the time. Like we're moving through space with other people throughout life. So how can we take these practices in life? Because one of my instructors reminded me, life is the practice. Mm, Yes. That is, that is so true. I think we kind of forget, we kind of compartmentalize um, all these different areas in our life. And that's one of the things that I like to talk to my clients about as well as understand that like you are your life like yeah. period there is no this is my work life this is my home life you are the life and so you kind of have to be your best self in it all and how do you do that right so I love how you said that you just kind of ground yourself and that allows you to bring your practices everywhere with you I love that yeah yeah and I find like different things work for different people so those are some of like my go-to grounding practices but mm-hmm. I also like love to move my body so Mm. like for me getting up in the morning and doing yoga whether it's like five minutes or 30 minutes or whatever Mm. I have time for just taking that moment to like notice how I'm feeling and stretch and move things out that for me is super grounding if I get up and just like start running into my day I feel super off and I need to like take the time to to be in my body. Um, Often what I'll tell clients is that before they even get out of bed, if they can get in the habit of taking three deep breaths and just connecting with how they feel when they wake up. And then when they get out of bed, like putting the feet on the earth and just feeling the feet on the earth and then standing up and moving forward, just Mm -hmm. that moment is so helpful to feel more integrated as you start the day versus like, again, you're just like, Oh my God, I have 20 meetings. Let's go. And then you're like, (laughs) 
Yeah, and so, honestly, you already started the date on a like overall a super high. Like, I love that because what I just kind of got from that is like it's really like slowing down, like paying more attention to each step as you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we talked a little bit before we started about uh, Buddhism, um, and that I think that's what I got from it. Like, I I love I'm gonna say his name wrong. I think it's Tik Nhat Han. I read, is, I don't yeah. know if that's how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, um, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I love his work. I read one of his books and it blew my mind. And it's just like paying attention. He talked about like when you're washing the dishes, like literally just taking the moment to wash this plate, like feel the plate. And I think we forget how quickly we just like rush from one thing to another thing. And so I love that you just like take the moment when you wake up, breathe put your feet down. Cause that is what has to happen first. Right. But we just think, okay, go. I got, I got to go to the washroom. Right. We yeah. forget that you have to actually swing your legs out of the bed, you know, thank God. Well, for me, thank God that my legs are working yeah. and I can get up and, sure. you know, walk to the bathroom, open this door. You know, one of my big practices as of late anyways, getting into my body as well. Um, but one of the things is like really saying thank you for my hands and like each individual part. Because um, we kind of forget, right? We kind of forget that like, if I don't have my hands, I really can't do much, right? Yeah. I, have to, I have to rely on a lot or like, I just have to relearn a lot of things. Um, so for you, how's that? So what I'm hearing, maybe we can get into your story a little bit. Because what I'm hearing from you, how much you've tied like body into your mindfulness practice. So how did that, how did that happen for you? Yeah. How did all of this start? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey. So I, uh, I started dancing when I was little, um, and I went to an arts high school for dance yes. and I've always been involved in like movement, swimming, skiing, hiking, dancing, lots of other sports and activities. And I was raised, I, I went to a Catholic school. It wasn't overly Catholic. It was a Catholic mm-hmm. art school. So okay. it was very much like compassion, gratitude with mm-hmm. what we were doing and tying into the ethics and values of just like being a good person, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. kindness. Yeah. So, so I was really connected and interested in those values of it. Um, and then I was introduced to yoga when I was 18. Okay. And at the time, it was more of like, this is another workout thing I can do to help me with all my flexibility for dancing. Awesome. And then I just was like, I only want to do flow classes. And I want to be able to do all the crazy bendy handstands and everything. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, so committed to that because of the training with my dance to be so like focused on form and like being thin and dieting and all those wonderful things that are great, but also psychologically so damaging. So I was in yoga, not from a place of integration. It was very much for me at the beginning, more of the fitness and it was still me conquering my body. Yeah. It sounds like a goal, uh, a means to meet the goal. Exactly. It was always like, I want to do this because I want to look like this or I want whatever. And as I got more into the practice in my twenties, that's when I was like, huh, they're always using themes. They speak about compassion. They speak about gratitude. There's no judgment of the body. It's embrace where we are. It's recognizing that tomorrow I'm going to show up feeling different than I did two seconds ago. And that's great. And like being okay with that and Mm. having this like reverence for my body versus this hatred or like just constantly criticizing it. So yoga shifted from being that fitness focus into this place of like sanctuary and this, the sacred space for me of starting to really befriend my body. Mm, Um, 
and to come home to myself. Yes. And it was through different classes that I started to take. So I was first in the flow classes and then I got more into Hatha classes as well. And it was through a lot of the different pieces of philosophy and the pieces of people's experience, like instructors experience that they would weave into the themes of classes that started to draw me back more and more. And then I loved the movement because I felt so good in my body, but it was a much more present experience versus me constantly wondering what was happening next. So there was a shift. And then I also had some major family stuff happen. So in 20, uh, well, in 2014, I started dealing with a lot of Inter- I, I'd had a lot of digestive issues, but it got really, really bad, which was also my indication that my life had to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wasn't really listening to the warning signs of my body until it got to a certain point. So that was one piece which shifted my yoga practice. Yeah. Um, and at that point, practitioners were like, have you ever meditated? And I was like, I don't like sitting with my thoughts. Wow. I can't get still. Are you crazy? I'm not going to silence my brain. And they were like, no, they were like, just give it a try. Like we need to just chill your nervous system out so that you can actually absorb the nutrients of your food. Cause right now mm. you're living in such a high stress state that you don't even know yeah. that your body isn't processing things properly and you yeah. need to give it the time to heal. Yeah. So I started to focus more on yoga and mindset at that point. And I also started to work with a therapist as well. Cause I was like, I can't do this on my own. To figure this out. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot going on here. So let's just start doing the work, which is terrifying to do, but yes. invaluable, quite honestly. Yes. Um, and then with 2015, um, my sister was really sick and basically very long story short, she was diagnosed with viral meningitis. Wow. And it was a really intense, quick experience where mm-hmm. we were in Whistler, BC. That's where we were living at the time. I got the call and then we were airlifted in a helicopter to Vancouver, wow. Wow. to Vancouver General, because no one really knew what was going on. Yes. Um, and then at, after we got the results and we figured out what was happening, then it was like a road to recovery. So mm-hmm. I was helping to support her with her healing. And then at, the, at that point, I was also like, I need to start taking care of myself more. Mm-hmm. And seeing the the gravity of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kind of lost, like I'd I'd really dove into self-care in 2014 towards the halfway through 2014. And then in 2015, I kind of like, I was very careful, but I was more focused on her. And so what happened was right before my 25th birthday on the way to a yoga class, (laughs) I went to do another errand and I got in a car accident and that was a turning point for me to be like, okay, either continue on this path that you're on where things are like just happening versus sit down and do the work because you need to really heal your body on a deeper level. And so at that point, that's when things shifted. And um, in 2016 is when my practice for yoga went from like in 2015 as well, it shifted from more of that flow and, and movement to much more restorative. And then it was like, oh my God, the mind matters. Mindset mm-hmm. is so important. Let's start bringing that into play and recognizing how I'm thinking and how that's influencing the experience that I'm having um, and how that's either adding to or taking away from my healing and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So 2016 became a really, really big year for that. Um, And I'd also gone back to school for a postgraduate degree. Um, And then I moved to Toronto and started working corporate. So I continued to take all those tools with me to corporate. And I was fortunate that where I was working was literally across the street from one of my favorite yoga studios. So that was great. And I would like Fridays at lunch would just go to class like and then 
in the evenings, like two or three times a week, I think three times a week, I'd go to yoga classes. And so I was able to keep my grounding practices, having moved from BC to such a busy city and living in a condo in Toronto, I was like, well, this is a shift, but it was something that I'd wanted at the time or thought I wanted. Mm. Um, And so that became a really big part. But then through working with where I was, I recognized this is not a fit. I'm not Mm. feeling activated the way I want to be. This is not working well. And so then I I was with a different firm and I, again, very quickly just realized how um, amazing the people were that I was working with, but how toxic some of the environments can be within the corporate structure as a whole Mm -hmm. and how much it's tied to like pushing forward and hitting targets and doing all these things where it's like the employees are kind of reduced to a number instead of seeing the human value and the humanity of it and so the compassion the compassion piece for me was lacking and I was just like oh man like even with doing my yoga practices and getting up and like meditating in the morning or before bed I was like I'm still feeling really out of balance here and Mm -hmm. recognizing I can't work in this environment because Mm -hmm. I think structurally things need to shift in order for it to be more of a welcoming space for the employees here. Um, And I was recognizing people going on like sick leave and like having Mm -hmm. other stress, like panic attacks and different things. And I was like, this is not normal. that's (laughs) That's when for me, I became super fascinated with stress and recognizing how we hold stress in the body. And then myself, mm-hmm. I hit burnout. Wow. So that was a really big teacher for me because I was like, oh, this hmm. is it. Yeah. yeah. Like sciatica, <laughs> brain fog, like wow. lack of motivation, all every single thing. I was like, wow. whoa, this is crazy. And that was with having knowledge of all of this. So I was yes. like, I can't imagine how it is for people mm-hmm. who don't have the awareness oh, wow. to then go through it and keep living in it because yeah. it's like, how do you get out of it? How do you break exactly. that? Cycle? Exactly. Wow. So, um, yeah. So at the end of 2018, I left and I moved home and it was supposed to be a very brief visit <laughs> and I was supposed to kind of reset and figure out what I was going to do. And I was toying with the idea of, of going and doing teacher training with yoga and going down that path. Cause so many people have said like, this is where your heart is, please follow mm-hmm. it. And I was still like, Nope, corporate corporate is how we are successful. Got yes. with it. Like yes. that was so ingrained in me. And I made, like, I tried, I tried to do more work once I left corporate and like moved up to Collingwood, but I was just like, this is not working. I'm not happy. I want to be doing what my heart wants. But mm-hmm. literally when I made that commitment, that's when my mom started showing some really concerning symptoms. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, I did this with my sister when things Mm -hmm. happened in BC and there were unknowns. I was like, be the rock in the family, show up, advocate, figure out what's happening. So I did it again with my mom and I was like, okay, I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to show up and advocate. Like we need Mm -hmm. to figure this out. And luckily I was working very closely with a therapist at that time to like, work through a lot of the mental emotional stuff yeah. from burnout yeah. and just like of being the rock right nobody talks about yeah. it. it's cost to be the rock exactly and yeah. so it was it was really helpful to have the support with that while I was navigating everything with my mom and then basically very long story short with that one she um we took her to Toronto General in mid-January 2019 and we were there for two weeks and at the end of that two weeks she was given a fatal diagnosis and within eight weeks she passed and she was with us at home for six and she was in hospice for two. So it was insane. 
Um, she had uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is a neurodegenerative prion disease. So mm. it's being like able to compare it so it's easy to understand would be the most rapid form of dementia. Um, so your brain starts shutting down, but as your brain shuts down and you check out mentally, your body and your automatic system shut down. Wow. So it's pretty crazy. So all at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty quick. So like for her, it was like, she felt a lot of like rocking on a boat. So at first it was like, you have vertigo. And I was like, no, this is mental. Like this is cycle. Like this is brain related. It's Mm -hmm. neuro. Um, and then it became like more of a Parkinsonian tremor and then it was like pixelated vision and then short-term memory and like all these things were happening. And I was Mm -hmm. like, none of this is normal. Mm -hmm. So that's when they did all the testing and then they had to do a very specific test for it. And that's where it took time to get the results. And when we got them, they were like, so you can have three months, you can have six months, you can have a year. We really have no idea. Every Um, case is different. Every experience is different take this as best you can. (laughs) And here's a palliative care team. It was insane. I was like, Oh my God. Like, it's like, I get it. Cause on one hand you're happy to know what you're dealing with, but at the same time. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. So it was really tricky. So I chatted with my therapist right after that happened, like a day later. And I was like, so this is where we're at and this is what's going on. And she was like, if I can give you any advice, keep living from your heart. Stay rooted in curiosity. Do not succumb to fear. She was like, because you don't know what time you have with her. And you're the best way to be with your mom and to be intuitive for her needs is to be living from your heart. Yes. So that you're present for all of the moments. Yes. And as hard as that was, that for me was the best advice. Wow. Um, It is. Yeah. And then once that happened, again, I was still doing yoga and stuff all throughout this. Um, And so once we got the diagnosis, my practice changed because it went from me doing, I was getting back into the flow classes and like finding a rhythm with flow and restorative. Um, But once my mom was diagnosed, I was like, whoa. And I literally would just go to my mat and do child's pose and like cry. And then I would like do part of a practice. I was like, I need to move my body. And then I would like go back to the mat and like another day and I'd just be like, okay, it's happening. We're just like hip openers, Edie's crying. Like, so it, it really became a space for me to feel safe and feel held and like find that grounding. And it became even more sacred for my, for myself. And I really, at that point, I shifted from it being flow class to being this healing and support component. And with that came more of the meditation because every morning I would wake up and meditate and do like a mantra meditation of like breathing in, I am gratitude, breathing out, I release like fear of whatever, or I release judgment and like breathing in patience, breathing out impatience. Like I was constantly, and I was like, I'm planning the intention today to be present for whatever arises. And I would just do that for like 20 minutes and just work with my breath and like wow. get grounded. And then I would get up and like go be with my family and help my mom and all that. But like that became a massive part. And then once she passed, um, that's when my perspective around like the spirit and everlasting really shifted because yeah. I noticed through her diet, like through her, well, through the dying process, really. Yeah like especially in hospice Mm. that's when I really saw the shift where like I was like her spirit has left her body like my Mm. mom is now just a body she's just breathing she's here 
but like her spirit, who she is, who we know is not here anymore. And it's insane to witness that. Um, But it's only those experiences of like birth and death where we're so close to that veil, where we're able to actually realize and embody and understand it. So for me, that just took life to a whole other level. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like, (laughs) oh, okay. Okay. Um, like she's not here, but she's here, but, but she's not here, but she's here. So yeah. So I just like sunsets and sunrises became like a huge thing for me. I journaled every day, yoga and meditation were still almost daily. Um, I was doing spin classes to burn off anger because I got yes. really angry with the situation, which is very wow. common for grief. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing the yoga. So I was doing the yang and the yin to balance yeah. it out. And Thank you for mentioning that because I think it's important for people to understand that anger is a part of it, but it's also just, it's it's another energy form that you also have to deal with. Well, exactly. So what I've learned is anger is one of the most complex emotions because it's layered with like confusion and grief and sadness and, and this disappointment Mm -hmm. and shame. There are all these different things that are like blender. You make it, that's grief. Uh, I'm sorry. That's anger. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's such a big piece of, of, I found grief because when we go through a really big shift and a big loss, there's that discomfort. So we're like, yeah. what's going on? What's happened? I don't like this, but yeah. it's like, we have to become adaptable to it, to navigate it and like flow with it versus resist it. Yes. Um, and so personally it's been, it's been two and a half years now. No, just under, I don't know, just over two, two and a bit. And it's, it's been a journey. It's been, it's had its ups, it's had its downs and like, yeah, finding ways for me, like cardio is still super important because I recognize I need to be moving the energy and expelling it. So hiking, walking, biking, those are big ones for me. And then, um, having the time to then be still and actually Mm -hmm. feel what I'm feeling. And it can be terrifying. I'm not going to lie. The last couple months were hard. I didn't want to feel my feelings. I was avoiding them. And then it all came up like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I have to feel it. Yeah. It will sit you down if you don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it comes in waves, but it's really like, I think the main thing for me right now that's, that's helping me through this is recognizing my biggest part of myself. Like I am whole and who Mm. I am, I am whole. Yes. When I relax into my body, when I trust my body, my spirit, I am whole and I will get through anything and can handle whatever's put on my path. Mm. So it's going back to that self-trust, which we're so commonly taught not to do. Mm -hmm. Like from a young age, it's like, just trust your body, trust everyone else around you to tell you what to do with it. I'm sorry. No, your body is your biggest wisdom system. So if we can do anything to start coming back to the body and connect with that, then we become empowered and we recognize Mm -hmm. our strength and we're able to stay anchored amidst all of the change that happens around us. Because as we all know, change is the most common thing in life. It is the only constant. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of been like for me, so it started out with fitness and then it moved more into like deep healing and then it moved into deeper healing. And now I'm just like, how can that not be a way of life? Because as well, when, when death happens, like for me, my world stopped, everything Mm -hmm. else kept going, but my world stopped. And Mm -hmm. I was like, 
how how is the world still spinning? Doesn't everyone know what just happened? Like yes. we need to pause. We need to like figure out mm-hmm. what just happened because we're in shock, but also mm-hmm. like we can't just run forward straight ahead. There needs to be an integration. We need to feel what the hell just happened. So yeah, for me, that's where the pausing, that's where mindfulness really kicked in. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. mindfulness, like as Shauna Shapiro explains, mindfulness is the pause between the stimulus and the response. Mm-hmm. So when we become more mindful, we become less reactive. Yeah. So instead of it being like, this happened, I'm angry, mm-hmm. like argument. Mm-hmm. With mindfulness, it's like, this happened, I'm feeling triggered. Where do I feel it? How can I self-soothe? What is a response I can choose to use going forward that's going to allow a di- like a dialogue here, not a monologue, mm. so that we can come to a conclusion and move forward? And sometimes that's, I need to step away and take care of myself. That's my boundary. I know that moving forward with this conversation is, is not going to end well. So me taking care of myself and respecting you is me stepping away. Mm-hmm. And it's having the awareness of mm-hmm. that. So that's become super, super big. But yeah, it's these practices and it's constant. Like I'm always, it's like a mental jungle gym because <laughs> our brain isn't wired this way. Like yeah. there's, like Tara Brock has a book called Radical Acceptance and it's mm-hmm. radical because we're going against the grain. Yes. In a yes. fast paced world that is so compartmentalized, as you've said, this is going against the grain. And right now I'm reading a book called sacred instruction by Sherry Mitchell. And it's um, fascinating. She's um, indigenous in the States and she's speaking to all of the cultures and practices of these different tribes and communities. And she's speaking to the pillars that sustain them and how everything in life is so connected. The wholeness of it comes from a place of awareness and really taking the time to connect back with the land and one another and this idea of collaboration versus competition and this idea of inclusion versus diversion and like all these different divisions so it's it's amazing because I'm listening I'm like reading the book and I'm just like yes like this is exactly how we want our society to be. So how do we put in the work individually to get back to that place? And so that's where a lot of my personal work and the work I do with clients comes in. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can make a difference in my own life. What I do is in my control and that can help to influence positive change externally. I cannot force fix or change anyone, but I can Um, inspire and empower. Yes, And so (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I love what you just said there because it's true. That I, I truly believe in the concept of the truth, the ripple effect. And that in order to make change in this world, we need to change ourselves first. We need to work on who we are in order to heal who we are, heal the wounds that come from us in order to heal the world around us. Um, but what I heard in your story just really set my mind ablaze for how connected everything is. Like that's the theme I kept hearing. Um, the values, how important it is for compassion and love. The things that we can't touch, right? The intangible things is what made, I think, kept you together throughout it all, right? Like that's what kind of um, held you. Love how you said held. I'm so yeah. using that, Edie. I need you to understand. I love that. You were held. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great word. Yeah. And I can almost hear how each thing kind of prepared you for the next thing so every 
storm, every, you know, trial that came your way, it was like, it's okay. I can take what I had and I can like almost adorn what I just went through. Right. To be able to prepare me for the next thing. Um, And and now you're able to give that to your own clients. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's literally what I said. Like when, when we got my mom's diagnosis, that's literally what I said. I was like, so 2014 happened. That was nuts. 2015 happened. That was preparation for right now. Mm. This is coming full circle. Like my mom needed to like, like this had to happen for this. My sister to go through this, to recognize this. I had to go through this, to recognize this. We're now all in places that are stable. She knows that if she checks out, we'll be fine. Mm. It was crazy how I was like, I, I, and my, my therapist was like, whoa, you just did like a full step back, zoom in, zoom out, like everything. She was like, I'm so impressed and proud of you. I was like, yeah, well, I don't know how else to deal with this, but I'm just recognizing how it all relates. And she was like, that's amazing. I love but how you actually, said that. Yeah. And then actually 2019 was insane. After that happened um, at the end of 2019, some of that happened in March with my mom. She passed in at the end of March. At the end of 2019, I uh, went skiing and shattered my left ankle. I caught my edge first run of the season, almost the bottom of the ski run, caught my edge and shattered my ankle and was like, cool, this is awesome. And I had done teacher training. I was back from that. You're ready to go. I was like literally about to start working. And then it was Friday the 13th. It was the day after a really intense full moon where I'd manifested everything I wanted to do for Mm. 2020. And I had said for 2020, I wanted to work with athletes who had broken their legs and were recovering from all this stuff. And then literally the universe was like, you're going to learn that first yourself. Wow. And I was just like, holy shit. Wow. So that happened. And as I'm falling down the hill, I was like, and we're going to deep breathe. Like, the damage <laughs> that is done, you can undo. So don't mm. panic attack. Freaking out won't help. While like, you're falling. breathing. And I literally wow. was just laying on the hill and I was like, keep breathing. This is I'm not, you know, you've gotten a bad injury so I like talked to the paramedics they came I was like how are you doing (laughs) they were just like normally we have patients that freak out because they cut their finger and I was like well I already know that it's really bad and Mm. I just need to get to your hut so I can get to the hospital because like I said the damage is done and like once I see an x-ray I'll know more but like in the time being I appreciate your support you're a superstar Mm. and all these other things and they were just like holy this is so (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like well gratitude and passion guys gratitude and passion so I got to the hospital and then basically yeah they were like yeah so it's like shattered you need surgery tomorrow morning you're admitted tonight I was like perfect it was one of the most painful experiences hands down I was like on a scale of like one to ten where am I at with all of this and they were like you're like surpassing childbirth with pain because of not meds and I was like cool my body is going into like major shock wow it was crazy because of your work you're able to still remain in alignment which kept your nervous system at bay and you from like that pain would have taken you out. Right. Yeah. Like I almost did pass out at one point. I'm not going to lie. Like that did happen, but um, I was like really continuing to regulate my breathing. And I was just Mm. like channeling teacher training, channeling all of my practices. I was like, we're staying grounded. We're staying present. So that was really good. And then um, yeah. And then basically like it became a deeper healing journey. But Mm. what I recognized with that is I was like, my world. And this is what I basically said to the paramedic when they came up and saw me on the ski hill. I was like, this is nothing. I was like, Mm -hmm. my world was already flipped upside down and inside out this year. This pain is topical compared to what I've dealt with on like 
the everything else level. So how I saw was that my heart had been shattered and in a way it was broken open. So it was Mm. allowing in more light and more love. Yes. And then my foundation was shattered. So it allowed me to really reground and heal from the Mm. very bottom up. So I was given a chance to rebuild my foundation and to find my independence and my strength separate from my mom because we were super close. And so seeing that, I was like, okay, I got this. I don't want to do this. this. And like, I started doing physio exercise. Pardon? I said, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And like, I started doing physio exercises in bed within like five days of surgery (laughs) and was doing like Pilates laying on the mattress. My friend's boyfriend is a personal (laughs) trainer. I was like, can you send me exercises? I don't want to lose all my muscle. And like, Mm -hmm. I I know I need to be moving. And he was like, sure. Okay. So I'm like doing like core stabilizing. Every time I'd see my surgeon for a checkup, he was like, your healing is going amazing. What are you doing? I was like, I'm on an anti-inflammatory food diet. I'm not drinking. I'm like avoiding everything. I'm focusing on this. I'm only reading and studying and like mindfulness Mm -hmm. and like whatever. Cause like, I can't really use my body. But I'm like, I can find the limitations within this and I'm not going to just do Netflix and chill. Like Mm. I'm, I'm going to help my body and my mind. So yeah. So I basically activated myself through that. And my friends were all like mind blown. Everyone was just mind blown. They were like, this girl is, yeah. (laughs) And right when I was starting to do physio, that's when the world shut everything down with COVID. So I was like, okay, well, I can't go to the gym. So, so I'm going to just go on my crutches and walk around outside, even though we're not allowed wow. outside doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's when I was supposed to start teaching too. So I actually started teaching and then everything shut. And I started teaching on crutches Wow. as well. My yoga <laughs> classes, I was teaching on crutches. I was modifying. I was just awesome. like, this is just, you guys can. Yeah, just follow it was on. You'll know. It was good. It was like- I love it. What I the main like thing I hear from your story is like an incredible strength. So understand what I'm saying now that the strength comes within you. Like you really tapped into my inner strength, my wholeness. This is my home. I'm going to take control of what I can control. And the second biggest thing, which is a lesson that I have learning this week, I think repetition is the key to learning. So learning again this week yeah. um, is perception. Like you decided I'm going to look at this thing as what you said something really key about what can I do within the limitations? Yeah. And you applied that. And I'm here now through since 2014, that has been your thing. Like, how can I look at this thing? Um, That's going to serve you. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's also like within doing that and I'm a Gemini, so maybe it's having that double perspective to begin with. I don't know, Mm. but I always find it fascinating to try to see it from multiple perspectives. Mm. And especially like if I'm in a conversation where like we have different opinions, I'm like, okay, but how can I see what their perspective is to better understand where they're coming from or what they're carrying in to this conversation within their Mm. own history that they're not aware of so that Mm. I'm not seeing it as a projection on me, but actually their own experience. Wow. Um, which helps me make it less, feel less personal. Yes. Yeah, so so therefore you can respond. Exactly. Right? And you're not so, reacting. I love that. We only have a few minutes left. I'm sorry. I know I told you, I'll tell you 10 to, but the conversation yeah. was so good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Lovely. Oh, this was awesome. Is any last words that you want people to know before you got to jump off? Don't give up. That's a huge one. When things feel like shit is hitting the fan and you want to just drink a bottle of wine Mm. maybe do that like once and then (laughs) after actually just like get into your body don't don't succumb to the fear of numbing I did that for years so Mm. that's what I learned through my 20s yeah me too girl 
Yeah. The power of presence and resilience comes from showing up and showing up can be eating breakfast and reading a book. Showing up can be having a shower. Showing up can say, can be like, I'm going to hit snooze four times because I need the rest. And then I'm going to get up and start my day. It's having the self-compassion, the self-forgiveness, the patient, and this like gentle, this gentleness. That's like a word that I really love is like that idea of feeling held, but also being gentle with ourselves. Um, And through all of this, that's been my biggest message that everyone gives me is like, you need to be more kind to yourself. You need Mm. to be more gentle to yourself. So it's like, how can we in these moments of discomfort and stress and, and change be more gentle to ourselves, which welcomes in the, the presence and that allows the connection that we seek because really when we're navigating all of this and we're dealing with trauma dissociating is what leads to further pain connection Mm. at the center I think uh Alicia what's his last name Goldstein I think um he said the epicenter of well-being is connection Mm. so like yeah, how can we, and then on that note, how can we then recognize the connection we have with ourselves, mind, body, yes. spirit? Yes. How can we recognize the connection we have with our specific environment and the planet mm-hmm. and then one another mm-hmm. and how all of our life events interrelate yes. and flow to how, where we are now, because everything is an invitation mm-hmm. for further expansion. It's all an offering yes. to keep showing up and growing. I love that. Oh my gosh, Eve, thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad for where you're going and where you're heading. And I'm I'm excited to be a part of this journey with you. Thank Um, you. Me too. Yeah, we'll have to chat again soon. We will. We will. (laughs) Let people know where they can find you. Um, Yeah, where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So Instagram, uh, it's at edgood. So E-D-I-E-G-U-D dot wellness um, is my Instagram handle. And then you can also look me up on the internet. So my website is www.edgooditis. So E-D-I-E-G-U-D-A-I-T-I-S wellness.com. Awesome. Um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, but those are, okay. I would say Instagram is the platform that I, that's where people can play. That's where you play, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I hope you all have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I am so thankful to Edie for sharing her story um, and really allowing us to go on this journey with her understanding healing through movement and movement and meditation and as I was editing this podcast and putting it together it just really reminded me of my own journey of healing through movement and movement meditation and so today I want to urge you to find a form of movement that makes you feel good you know tap in to something that feels good to you and use that mindfully as a tool to heal yourself. Tapping into healing through my body using movement and movement meditation has been has been incredibly transformative. It really felt like the next step in creating the life for me. In this co-creation journey that I am that I am on with God, I felt like understanding the body, understanding and appreciating and loving the body was necessary for my journey for me to manifest the things I want in my life. 
here in the physical. And to be honest, it made a lot of sense to me because what I know about the law of attraction is it starts in the spirit, comes through the soul, which is like your mind, and then through the body, and then outwardly. If you want to know more about my own journey, I'll definitely record an episode, so let me know. You can send me an email or shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, I would love to share that a little bit more with you guys if you're interested. But I really wanted to just share how much healing my body and getting into movement and really understanding that my body is good. As much as we've been told, especially as women, that our body is just like the the no-go zone, right? Like so many, so much shame, so much guilt, so much body dysmorphia. I mean, so many things can happen with our body through our life. So many messages are told um, that we are told about our body really gets in the way of who we can be. And for me, what I noticed is that in order for me to fully embrace who I'm becoming, I have to love the me of right now. And so this body and with that journey really helped me to understand that, okay, not only am I healing the trauma from the past because our body keeps score. So the body does keep a score of the trauma that you've experienced, but it's also of the day, right? It's also what is happening today. Your body is really the vessel in which we use to navigate this physical world. And so we need it in order to manifest the life that we want to see happen. And so um, for me, what that really looks like is tapping into healing through my body using movement and movement meditation. I mean, my movement meditation for me is an intentional mindfulness of moving and allowing the thoughts and memories to come forth. And yeah, as I said, that has been incredibly transformative for me. And I know it can be for you. So as the inspired action of this episode, I urge you to choose a form of movement. Choose a form of movement that makes you happy and do it. Allow yourself to be open to what healing can come forth out of pleasurely, fun-filled, joy-filled moving of your body because it's time to show our body some love. (laughs) Movement and movement meditation can just be fun. So choose a movement that you maybe haven't done in a while (laughs) or just something you really enjoyed to do and just be present while doing it. Take your time, take a few deep breaths and just feel your body as you're doing that movement. And that is the beginning of healing using your body. I believe our body also carries signals and information and messages for us. And this has been true once I learned it. <laughs> Shout out to my sexual education and intimacy, intimacy coach, Rashida, um, who shared this with me while I was doing her program. Um, and it really broke open a lot for me. <laughs> it broke open a lot for me and understanding that, okay, my body is a part of me. And it's trying to share some things with me too that it's been through. And, you know, our body does not use words, and so it uses sensations. And so tapping into the sensations and allowing them to also be my teachers on this journey of co-creation. I'd love to know what you come up with, so please let me know. Send me an email or shoot me a DM. Let me know what unlocks for you and what you think of this episode with Edie. All right, until next time, guys. Thanks for listening.